Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Because I was bigger than the other kids, but but a lot of people are, are picked on mercilessly and tortured right. um, and unfairly. So it just you know he picked himself up, and um, you know the other boy was nice to him. It's just a little slice of life that that happens quickly, and and parents and teachers don't always notice. I just can barely believe it. Yeah. I'm gonna shake them a little bit. That's the <laughs> keys to the High Point Theater, That's everybody. Great. <laughs> When QFest 2023 launches with its opening screening tonight, it'll also be a Sweet 16 in a very special place. The festival got its start in 2007 with an all-volunteer consortium of folks wanting to see and share the art of contemporary gay cinema. And since, it's become a much-anticipated annual event, a time to experience films from all around the world, with each spotlighting the lives of LGBTQ people and celebrating queer culture. Here to talk with us about QFest 2023 is someone who's been part of the effort and event from its beginnings, Chris Clark, Artistic Director of Cinema St. Louis. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And in the interest of full disclosure, St. Louis Public Radio is a sponsor of QFest. Now, Chris, let's get right to something I mentioned in the intro. Where exactly is QFest having its Sweet 16? Thank you for asking, Elaine, because I, I can barely contain my glee half the time when I say it. So Cinema St. Louis is uh, 32 years old. Um, but on January 15th of this year, we took a huge swing and leap into our future, and we purchased the historic and iconic High Point Theater. Yes. It is now our forever home, <laughs> and we will be presenting uh, – we're already presenting films, but this is the first of our annual permanent events that we'll be hosting in this hallowed cinematic space. So rather than it's being specific to QFest, it is the home of Cinema St. Louis. And art house cinema, and in many things, yes, it is our office. Uh, it is our presentation main space. Mm -hmm. uh, during other events, we need more than one, but yes, it's it's there on the, the big corner across the park. What is it that made the High Point Theater the right place at the right time? A large number of circumstances. Um, one was the loss. Uh, to the film-going community and to us of the Tivoli Theater, right, right. which was um, sold to a church during pandemic. And we tried to make a go at it with a festival a couple of years ago, and it didn't quite work out, and they decided to go in a different direction. They will no longer be presenting films. So those three screens were as our main home for decades, mm -hmm. and we were without. Uh, January 2022, it was one of my jobs as the chief charmer of the organization <laughs> to go talk to the owners of the High Point. Um, we had presented their various events, including QFest. has literally been there once before mm -hmm. in its many-venued history. But I went to talk to the owner, and they were single screen. Uh, well, two screens. There's a little tiny one at the back, lot in the back. But for them to get out of line for 11 days and fall with studios and distributors and stuff was impactful for them. So they just stopped doing rentals altogether for a number of years. Mm -hmm. COVID and quarantine changed everything. Her and her brother, the owner and her brother, were operating on their own with one employee. And I, so I went to talk to her last January to say, hey, you know, we'd love to come back and, you know, we'll, we'll shape it however you want. If it's just a week instead of 11 days, you know, we, we just really love this space, knowing that Tivoli was going to be gone. Put in my coat, say, hey. By the way, 
if you ever decide you want, might want to sell this place, we'd love to talk to you about it. Mm. They had talked about it the day before, her and her father, the original owner. And a year later, we took the keys. Um, so we were so excited. I just can barely believe it. Yeah. I'm going to shake them a little bit. That's the <laughs> keys to the High Point Theater, That's everybody. <laughs> now, as far as the the film festival goes, Q-Fest, what is the range of film formats and origins um, for this year's offerings? Formats as in genre? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, there's uh, short subjects, uh, mm-hmm. documentary and narrative features, uh, documentary and narrative short subjects. Um, they come from a variety of sources. Um, some are from distributors and, and film places like uh, Magnolia Films and mm-hmm. IFC, uh, places like that. But the great part of it uh, for me is the discovery of the open submission process. Okay. Uh, we have a, a sum- submission portal we use for all of our festivals called Film Freeway. But filmmakers from all over the world submit their films to consideration. We don't, those are films that were not invited to do that. Mm-hmm. They, they send them to us, so we don't know what's coming. Oh. And then from that, we make selections. Uh, and it's a great discovery. And that ha- has always been part of the the process for selections. Yes, it's always a combination of things that you know have you know stars and and named directors, uh, things that people will know about or things that people have heard about. Um, but then the other part is the the submission process. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what is the selection process like? How do you how do you vet? What does the, what does it look like? Do you all get together and and watch some of these? Uh, I have two co-programmers, and we take turns kind of, uh, you know, we we talk about things in advance, things we'd like to seek out uh, from the, the greater film world, from studios and distributors and things like that. And then we um, comb through the submissions and think what would be a great fit, uh, what speaks the language of we want QFest to represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there was one short film that was beautifully made, a French film about a young um, boy who was questioning his identity, but in the end, there was some self-mutilation, and it's an important story, but not one that I wanted to share in concert with the other films that right, are right. meant to be more empowering than that mm-hmm. and more positive. So, um, and some things are just not very good. Right, <laughs> right. Sometimes too, there sometimes um, they're just plain bad. So, do you aim always to present some mix of short films and features? You know, you mentioned documentary. Yes. So that range is very intentional. Yes. And what is the reason for that? Uh, you know, these are the you know queer filmmakers and voices, and um, you know some stories are shorter um, than others. Um, and by, by doing the short subject, we can include more filmmakers. Uh, you know, six to ten filmmakers in a single show. And this is just once a year, so you have to make the most of that time. Yes. 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 Yeah. Does Cinema St. Louis have partnerships with other you know, similar organizations or institutions that make it possible to bring certain films here to St. Louis? Uh, not in that regard exactly, but we do have, you know, for 32 years of operation, we have longstanding reputations and uh, ways we work with different studios and distributors and people and filmmakers mm-hmm. uh, who know who we are. Um, so we can get an answer from just about anybody. It might, might not always be yes, but, but sure. people know who we are, know who I am, mm-hmm. and, and will listen to, you know, to our questions. What are you excited about? Let's talk about the films themselves. Um, you're offering a handful of free programs this year, from what I understand. Yes. Um, it's a, a mission and mandate we started a couple of years ago calling uh, Gay It Forward, um, you know, <laughs> kind of per- putting a phrase in, into our own um, community. But you know, we make a little bit of money from submissions, and we're um, 
I'm pretty good at fundraising for this event and I have some generous friends and, and donors who help make it possible. So mm-hmm. whenever possible, we want to give something back to the community, make it more accessible to anybody who wants to come. Uh, tickets are $15 and mm-hmm. that's not always in everyone's budget. Right, right. And we just want people to go, um, especially in our new forever home. But we've always wanted just people to, to come mm-hmm. and, and see things and experience. And we think that the shorts are a great way to you know, maximize your uh, exposure to things when there's, like I said, six or eight or 10 things in it, you get a lot of different stories for a good bang for your buck when it's only free, and when it's free, it's even better. Right. And now there'll be good popcorn as well. The best popcorn in town. <laughs> so it is said to me, and I believe it because I taste it every day. Now, there's a youth-focused short that you talked about with our producer, mm-hmm. Emily Woodbury. It's a 2023 piece by Brian Powers. Chris, tell us about that one and why it stands out to you. It's about a young uh, teen boy, you know, somewhere between adolescence and, and teenage years. He's, you know, they're on the playground. Some other kids are bullying him, and, and they punch him in the face and knock him down. And you don't know exactly why um, right then, but it's because he's gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he runs away, and he meets another um, boy in his class, and they skip school. Um, so I myself, and I know lots of other gay kids who were picked on. Um, I was never beaten because um, I was bigger than the other kids. But <laughs> but a lot of people are, are picked on mercilessly and tortured right. um, and it, unfairly. So it just, you know, he picked himself up and, um, you know, the other boy was nice to him. It's just just an, a great actor, uh, a, a, you know, little slice of life that, that happens quickly. And, mm-hmm. and parents and teachers don't always notice. Right. And it's the kids who kind of have to live through it and, and stand up for themselves. And he did. He stood and- up for himself and he stood tall. And that's you know, at the end of the story that it happened, but he, you know, he faced it and they still hit him anyway. Right. But, you know, he was proud. He was proud. To be himself. And you were also proud to be presenting this as the world premiere. Yes. Isn't that right? I didn't know it at the time mm-hmm. um, that it was, but, you know, that's that's nice. That's very exciting. And um, Brian is coming. Oh, the that's director's great. coming. Yeah, he okay. will be here with us. So he's based here in the U.S. then? Yes. He's in, um, I think the film was shot in Brooklyn. I think he lives in Brooklyn. Okay, great. Actually, his. Um, Instagram, I think, is Brian in Brooklyn, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. So this whole show, um, weirdly, it didn't plan in advance because you can't do something like that, especially with an event like this. But every single film in that program um, is youth-oriented, um, starring or about youth, and not little little kids, but you know, adolescents and teenagers. And family-friendly isn't the right moniker because that would you know maybe draw smaller, younger children to the table. But mm-hmm. adolescent teenagers certainly. Um, absolutely, and that's an impact. You know, bring their parents, um, right. see about kids like them that are just trying to find themselves, right, just find right. their identity. Um, it happens, you know, at any age. It really does. Was the kid-friendly or youth-friendly shorts collection yes. intentional? It, it didn't. No, um, it it came from when I picked the shorts that I wanted and looked good. And when I pulled myself back, I, I saw a, th- a through line. I saw a thread of mm-hmm. something beautiful that it just, you know, it doesn't happen every year. And if I had planned that in advance, I may not have gotten the same set of films or six or eight films that, that fit the equation. But when I saw it after I was done, um, I thought, oh, that's that's really nice. That really works well together. And I think there's really something there, something, mm-hmm. something really sweet. And I was glad to make it for free so anybody can go. Now, Chris, there's a, a lot of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric in Missouri. Lawmakers in Jefferson City are specifically targeting gender-affirming care for trans people. What role do you think a film festival like this one in this state, where 
many LGBTQ folks are considering having to move away. I don't mean it to be, you know, inflammatory or in the face of people who have a different viewpoint. Uh, I mean it to be empowering to the community and to people who are, you know, allies and supporters. Uh, I'm, I, I want it to be a, a beacon of a safe space to be and, and hopefully to, if I could change one opinion of somebody who would see these stories and look, well, they're just, you know, they're not what everyone else says they are. They're not what the media is bringing out to be. They're not trying to indoctrinate, you know, they're not trying to do anything bad. Um, they're just trying to be humans and be alive and be themselves. Mm-hmm. I have a trans partner myself. So, you know, I'm very invested sure. in in that part of the equation. It's terrifying mm-hmm. um, that we're reverting to, you know, Nazi-ish type policies on some level that are very stringent and very rote. And, you know, if you're different at all, then, you know, we're going to ostracize you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the America I thought I lived in. Right. Or the Missouri I thought I lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to ignore it best I can, but it, it's hard. Right. It's hard every day. We're speaking with Chris Clark, who is the artistic director of Cinema St. Louis. We're discussing the 16th iteration of the Q Fest uh, Film Festival here in St. Louis. Now, on Sunday, Q Fest will show a short film with a local connection. What is that connection, Chris, and what's the film about? There's a bunch of connections. Uh, the film is called The Treadmill Switcher. And it's about uh, a person who goes to a gym and they're attracted to another person in the gym, but they are, have trouble figuring out, is it a weird-shaped boy or is it a young lesbian? They, they're just not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very funny. Um, before I even saw the short, I recognized the image they sent along with it was a former volunteer of Cinema St. Louis and QFest who had you know, oh, helped us out with several events. Great. And then um, I liked the film very much and invited it. And after that, I realized that the director, well, I knew the director was from Columbia, Missouri, but I didn't, didn't realize she was part of um, the True False Film Festival in a ragtag cinema, mm-hmm. uh, which does very similar things to what we do here. So right. it was a great surprise. And they're bringing a big gang of people up from Columbia. Uh, Dakota lives on the West Coast, but is in Missouri this weekend for a wedding. We'll will be there also. So okay. it'll be great fun, a great reunion. Yes, nice to meet all definitely those people. celebratory. Yes. <laughs> the festival also always plays a Q classic film. And I am guessing that Q classic means that it's a classic of the festival? It's a classic of time, okay. of cinematic time. It could be, you know, anywhere from, you know, 40 to, you know, 20 to 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so an older film, um, and in this case, it's a restoration. Um, It's a 4K restoration of legendary queer director Greg Araki's um, The Doom Generation, Mm -hmm. which was a a big, wild indie hit uh, at the time. And it'll be great to see it uh, up on the big screen, you know, an eye-popping 4K resolution. Other films over time have been things like The Boys in the Band, Watermelon Woman, uh, things that we think that people would love to see again on the big screen or for younger audiences who should see it Mm -hmm. in the first place. Right. And we started this conversation by talking about QFest having a permanent home. But do you think, Chris, that over the years, having screenings in different locations in the area was actually beneficial in that it, it gave people an opportunity to see these, these films, these works, um, in various places? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, some of it was budget and some of it was what was available during the time the dates that we had, uh, a lot of different reasons, but a lot of it was was financial. Uh, but I think 
in 16 years, I, I lost count. I think it's been in seven or eight different places. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really give you, you know, continuity in right, the right way. Right. Um, if it bounces around, people say, okay, well, it was at is where is it this year? It was at Tivoli. You know, people think it was always at the Tivoli, but it wasn't. It was at a, a whole lot of places. Sure. So people get confused, and it, you know, it's hard to keep it, you know, momentum going. Mm-hmm. So I mean, buying a place it usually means putting down roots and often having some visions for growth. So QFest now has this place to show all of its films, and it is because Cinema St. Louis now has this permanent home at, at High Point Theater. Um, what benefits do you expect to see with QFest specifically happening just in, in a set place? And what benefits do you think it may have in the years to come? Being in this historic and iconic 100-year-old beloved theater with the greatest popcorn in <laughs> the state or the country, I can't remember where the, where the list ended, <laughs> but people love it. Um, so we have we have people coming that just – Notice things on the marquee and say, that sounds interesting. I'm going to go. We have neighborhood people that will walk up and just go because they want something to do on a Friday night, and that's what they do on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that love the theater um, that are may be aware of Cinema St. Louis and the events that we do, but we're more aware of the theater. So we're going to bring in new crowds, new neighborhoods, new attention. And it's the intention of this event. It's not just for the LGBTQ community. Right, right. It's stories of empowerment. From for everybody, there's mm-hmm. a star with a uh, film with Penelope Cruz on Friday. Well, people like her very much, so yes, you know, do. come see an Italian movie with Penelope Cruz. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Well, I was thinking that too when you were talking about um, the the film about the boy, uh, which is and what if I am yes. the, the um, Brian Powers Powers yes. film, right? Looking forward to seeing uh, how the fest does this year and next year as well. Chris Clark is artistic director at Cinema St. Louis and founding member, quote unquote, of the community consortium that started QFest here in STL. Thanks so much for talking with us. Thanks for having me. This was very exciting. QFest opens tonight with a 7 p.m. screening of the Moroccan film feature, The Blue Kaftan. The festival runs through next Wednesday, May 10th. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.